Most of the world is using the so-called safety guidelines of the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. Now, this is a little club in Germany. It's nothing more, nothing less. Under German law, it is a little private club. And it operates with no transparency, no supervision. It appoints its own members. None of the members of ICN IRP are medical doctors. None of them are environmentalists. These are all technical people. And they systematically dismiss all the science on the biological effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation. But in 1976, there was a document emanating from the U.S. military, which actually said, and I paraphrase, it's not desirable to have adequate public exposure limits because this would impede the development of weapons and impede the profit of industry. So there you have it. Weapons expert Barry Trower calls this the saddest and most despicable document in history. And so the biological effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation have been suppressed. And the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection and others insist that there are no biological effects, there are only heating effects. This is Bruce Lipton, and you're listening to Planet FM. Kia ora, greetings, and welcome to Planet FM 104.6. I am Tim Lynch, and I trust that you are doing well. I invite you to stay with me over the next hour as we discuss and find ways to take care of our unique and magnificent green planet Earth. Kia ora, everybody. I have Claire Edwards, and she's from Vienna at the moment, in Austria, and we're communicating, not by phone, but by Zoom. And we wanted to be able to talk and discuss what 5G is, and what the whole story behind 5G, and also where it's going to take us. But first, I want to say kia ora and greetings and say thank you very much, Claire, for wanting to share with New Zealanders and people in the South Pacific. It's a pleasure. Nice to be with you. Well, thank you, Claire. Now, you have been with the United Nations for many, many years, and you have a good understanding of this huge organization that basically envelops the whole planet and has been involved in so many things in the world. And I would like you to be able to explain to New Zealand listeners what you did in the United Nations and what has brought you to where you are now. Well, I was with the United Nations for 18 years, and for most of that time I worked as an editor. So I was working at the United Nations in Vienna, and as an editor I worked on, we have drugs and crime, anti-terrorism, and I worked on the space documents. This was the UN Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, which has a legal subcommittee and scientific and technical subcommittee. So this is why, to some extent, I know something about space law and I know something about the issues regarding space. What brought me into this was that in December 2015, so four years ago, the UN put up what are called public access points all along the ceilings in the Vienna International Centre. And these public access points, by definition, are to serve large public areas. And I took in my meter for measuring electromagnetic fields, and I found that in the conference areas where you had these public access points, which were for mobile phone, cell phone access, and also for Wi-Fi access, in the the conference areas, they tend to have very high ceilings, So the measurements I got there were not so bad, but the measurements I got in all the corridors where all the staff work, these were very, very narrow corridors with metal walls and very low ceilings, 
and you had these public access points such that my meter would not even measure the exposure levels there. It was off the scale. So I contacted all the authorities in Vienna, also the medical service, our own medical service in Vienna, and also the staff union, staff representatives, and I said, listen, we need to look into this. We need to get the building biology people in and find out whether these levels are safe. Now, I went on for a long time, I mean, over well over a year, two years, um, trying to bring attention to this, and everybody ignored me. Now, I myself, as soon as these things went in, I myself became ill, and I was ill uh, for seven months with flu, cold, flu, cold, flu, cold, flu, cold. And, of course, what I've found out since then is that flu symptoms are almost identical to the symptoms of electromagnetic radiation poisoning because it's an environmental toxin, yeah? So I didn't connect this at the time. It was long, long afterwards that I realized that I had become ill as soon as these things went up when we were exposed to these very high levels. So because nobody would take any notice and nothing was done about it, I decided to take early retirement. And then it wasn't until a year, almost a year and a half later, that the United Nations Secretary General made a visit to Vienna, um, during which he addressed the staff. So when you are retired as a United Nations staff member, you still keep a grounds pass. So you can come in and out of the buildings anytime you want. So I went and I addressed the Secretary General because nobody else would listen, yeah? And I said, this is extremely dangerous and something should be done about it. And subsequently, the video has come out onto the internet so people can actually go and watch this. And I was very concerned about the 4,000 staff who work at the Vienna International Centre. And the reaction of the Secretary General was to make a joke out of this, which I find highly inappropriate. And subsequently, I found out that he is an electrical engineer and a physicist, and he actually taught about telecommunication signals early in his career. So of all people, he should have known exactly what I was talking about. So I consider this negligent in the extreme, and the staff in Vienna now have been exposed to this for four years, And I have heard of people who have collapsed and died, people who have had heart attacks, a phenomenal number of breast cancer cases. Very recently, they had some sort of uh, events to give the staff uh, support and advice for dealing with burnout and stress. So obviously, there is an awareness that there is something happening there that is not good, but yet this issue has not been addressed. And after that, if I tell you about how I came into this, after I addressed the Secretary General, I wrote to the EMF Scientists Appeal of 2016 and also to the EU 5G Appeal of 2017. And I said, look, I have told the Secretary General about the dangers of 5G. So he cannot say he does not know now because I just told him. They wrote back and they were very pleased. And Professor Rainer Nyberg of the EU 5G Appeal said to me, what can you do? Can you help out? Because we plan to make a new appeal, uh, but to include the issue of space. And I wrote back and I said, well, yes, you know, I'm an editor. I know something about the space issues and uh, I could certainly edit your document. Well, I thought I was just going to edit this and that would be the end of that. Little did I know (laughs) that ever since that moment, I spent the last 20 months now, more than full time, working on this issue. Well, thank you for that. Now, can I just track back a wee bit? Did the unions, were they involved when they noticed that people were going ill through many different types of illnesses as a result of being in this building? And did you say 4,000 staff? 4,000 staff, yes. You see, the, the problem is a universal one. Medical staff are given no training in the consequences of exposure to electromagnetic radiation. So they simply do not know. 
So what we know, people who are engaged in this movement or activity, whatever you want to call it, what we know is we know the multifarious consequences of exposure to electromagnetic radiation. This has a whole history that goes back right to the 18th century when electricity was first generated. So we know what all the symptoms are. The fact is that electromagnetic radiation is alien to our biology. So this affects everything. It's going to exacerbate every disease. It's going to cause cancer, diabetes. I mean, the list is is basically everything. So you can't really list it. The medical staff are not given training in this. They simply do not know. So what will happen is you will turn up at your hospital or at your doctor and you say, but doctor, I can't understand it. I have all these nosebleeds. Doctor, I can't understand it. Very suddenly I have all these headaches. Doctor, I have something wrong with my heart. My heart keeps going strange and I feel as if I'm having a heart attack. Doctor, I can't get my breath. I can't breathe. Doctor, I have pains all over my body, etc., 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 or tinnitus. Yeah, these would be very common initial symptoms. And the doctor will refer you to have your heart checked. If it's headaches, you will get painkillers. If you have tinnitus, they will refer you to a hearing specialist. Yeah, because they don't know what's happening. They do not see this as a syndrome, which is what it is because they don't get training in it. Thank you. In New Zealand, we have a thing called comorbidity, which means that people who suffer from food allergies, some may suffer from obesity, others may have diarrhoea, some might have heart problems. And the doctors can't get a handle on it either because there are so many variations coming in from all these different food additives. And so they use this word comorbidity to enclose all these particular diseases or illnesses. And so, again, with the electrosensitive people who are being affected by 5G and 4G and 3G beforehand, we are in a situation that we have to find some body of conscious, truthful scientists or researchers to be able to take this to the global public. Well, we have those people, and the fact is that we have over 10,000 peer-reviewed studies which do talk about the consequences of exposure to electromagnetic radiation. In total, I believe there are over 28,000 studies on this, but the problem is that the regulatory agencies have been co-opted by corporations And guidelines have been set which are absolutely astronomically high. So just to give your audience an idea of how ridiculous the guidelines are, most of the world is using the so-called safety guidelines of the International Commission on Non-Ionizing Radiation Protection. Now, this is a little club in Germany. It's nothing more, nothing less. Under German law, it is a little private club and it operates with no transparency no supervision it appoints its own members none of the members of icn irp are medical doctors none of them are environmentalists these are all technical people and they systematically dismiss all the science on the biological effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation And they have set these so-called safety guidelines so high that, to give you an example, there was an article just a few months ago where the author took a study that had been done on a a top-floor apartment in Stockholm in Sweden and Professor Lott Hardell went in to measure the levels of electromagnetic radiation because there was an antenna, a base station, just about 10 metres away. So he took measurements and the author of this article calculated that if you look at the measurement that he took as compared to the maximum, the maximum exposure limit, let's say, under these so-called safety guidelines you would need 666,000 such antennas around this apartment 
in order to exceed those safety guidelines. So this is somewhat akin to setting your speed limit for cars on the road at a million miles an hour. You could never, ever exceed these limits. They're ridiculous. Now, the second point about these ICNIRP so-called safety guidelines is that a lie has been perpetrated. The American military wanted to develop microwave radiation weapons. And this is all documented. They put together, they compiled a whole series of compendia in the 1970s and 1980s of all the biological effects of exposure to microwave radiation because they wanted to develop microwave radiation weapons. Now, we have those compendia because they have been declassified and a lot of these studies came from the Soviet Union. So, literally, there were thousands of studies listed in these compendium. Now, you also have, in 1973, the World Health Organization, which is part of the United Nations, they actually held a symposium of which the title was The Biologic Effects and Health Hazards of Microwave Radiation. So, all of these show that there were are biological effects. But in 1976, there was a document emanating from the US military, which actually said, and I paraphrase, it's not desirable to have adequate public exposure limits because this would impede the development of weapons and impede the profit of industry. So there you have it. Weapons expert Barry Trower calls this the saddest and most despicable document in history. And so the biological effects of exposure to electromagnetic radiation have been suppressed. And ICNIRP and others insist that there are no biological effects. There are only heating effects. This is what's called the thermal hypothesis. And on the basis of the thermal hypothesis, what they are saying is that if you simply hold the phone away from your body, it cannot be heating you, and therefore you're going to be relatively safe. This is not the case, because we know that this is alien to our biology, And it interferes with every single biological system of our body. Our body functions electrically. So exposing your body to microwave radiation is killing you. That's why the U.S. military wanted to develop microwave radiation weapons in order to kill. So now we have a situation where for 25 years now, People have mobile phones and we have wireless technology and we are all immersed 24-7 in this wireless technology, this microwave radiation, which is killing us. And we have the, the health results from that, which are basically a holocaust. Can you tell me the effects on, say, insects, especially bees, and also possibly birds, infants, children, and then pregnant mums, and even the elderly? I realise it's quite a prolonged question. Okay, uh, I'll see if I can answer this one by one. So insects, we have this phenomenon called colony collapse disorder. In other words, the bees are dying, and this is regarded as having some mysterious cause Well, it's not mysterious at all. If you understand electromagnetic radiation and its consequences, then it's perfectly clear. When Marconi was doing his experiments with the wireless telegraph in 1906, 90% of the bees died on the Isle of Wight. They brought in fresh bees, and those bees also died within one week. So it's been known Right back at the beginning of all this, it's been known that this kills bees. Now, I've talked to beekeepers 
and they tell me very, very interesting stories. One beekeeper was telling me that if he goes to his hives and he has his mobile phone in his pocket, the bees will swarm out and attack his mobile phone. They know that it's unhealthy for them. Another beekeeper was telling me that when the wireless technology came out, he very quickly worked out that the bees were dying when he happened to sight them between two antennas. And so he actually made himself a map of the area and, and marked on the map the position of all the antennas and made sure never to put the bees between two antennas. So another thing we need to realize is that these so-called safety guidelines, they were developed based on a 200-pound U.S. military mail. So somebody with a substantial-sized body. Now, on this basis, they measured the thermal effects. So they don't take into account biological effects, just the thermal effects. So this has an even greater effect. If you, The smaller the body, the greater the effect. So women are much more vulnerable to this and children especially vulnerable to this. Children especially for, I would say, perhaps two reasons. One is that it seems that children's bodies contain more water proportionately and also they have growing brains. So the brain is affected in its development and, of course, it doesn't develop properly. Plus, we know that exposure to electromagnetic radiation, a two-minute mobile phone call already causes your blood-brain barrier to leak. So children should never, ever, ever come into contact with a mobile phone. They should never use a computer. They should never be exposed to electromagnetic radiation ever because they have growing brains and because they are especially vulnerable. And this is why you now have reports that came out in 2019 showing that you now have 9 and 10-year-old children in the U.S., who have the brains of senile old people. This is the consequence we're getting now. A scientist from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in the US has predicted that by 2025, every second baby will be autistic. Now, this is because if children are more vulnerable and the smaller the body you're more vulnerable, then imagine... The fetus in utero and what this will do to the fetus. Now, studies have shown that if the fetus were to be exposed to electromagnetic radiation for a short time, and thereafter the fetus is not exposed again, and even after birth the baby is not exposed again, that exposure can cause autism or ADHD. In China, pregnant women are required to wear a protective apron to protect themselves from exposure to electromagnetic radiation. And as I understand it, the police even enforced the wearing of this by pregnant women. Whereas in the West, of course, none of us are told about the dangers of exposure to electromagnetic radiation. And therefore, you actually will find women who find it convenient to use their bum to actually put the computer on or actually put the tablet on, to actually rest it right above the fetus. I mean, it really is unconscionable what's being allowed to happen here. Birds, in the case of birds, we have now had several instances where people have reported birds falling dead. Because again, the smaller the body, the more vulnerable they are. First of all, we had birds in The Hague, and you saw pictures and video of all these hundreds of dead birds who very suddenly died just 
yeah, just upped and died. More recently, there was a report just a few weeks ago, about six weeks ago, where it appears that they were testing at Coventry Hospital in the UK. They were testing 5G for their ambulance service. And a man was visiting somebody who was in the hospital and he stepped outside for a cigarette and saw all these birds just dropping dead. Literally, they were dropping dead from the sky, fluttering down like confetti. And you can see them on the video, just literally dropping dead. He said there was a a nearby tree which was crowded with active birds. And as soon as they took off, they just dropped dead all around him. There was another mysterious death of massive number of birds in northern Wales just a few weeks ago in the UK. And we do know that that area of Wales was actually testing 5G. So, of course, with these incidents, we cannot prove that the birds were exposed to electromagnetic radiation. But it does seem very coincidental, let's say, that you suddenly have hundreds of birds dropping dead for no apparent reason. Thank you for this, Claire. Um, sorry, actually, um, Tim, I wanted to come back on uh, to finish on the elderly because, of course, for the elderly, this is also extremely significant. There's a paper came out just a few months ago and it was entitled something like... Uh, is the massive exposure to electromagnetic radiation by ubiquitous wireless technology, is it the tipping point for the massive wave of neurological disease and death in the Western world? So in other words, we have this huge wave of neurological disease and death in the Western world. So the rates of dementia now are off the scale. This does not just affect old people, because remember, older people are not necessarily the ones using their mobile phones most intensively. It's actually younger people. So last year, the Blue Cross Blue Shield um, Health Association in the US published a report on health results coming out now and they highlighted dementia you now have dementia in 27 year olds and of course this is the age which has most intensively grown up with mobile phones and wireless technology so uh, we're now seeing this dementia um, off the scale completely off the scale Um, and the second thing that I think it's very serious for older people to know is that you are, as I understand it, people with pacemakers do not have to step through these metal detectors at airports because it's dangerous for their pacemakers. So then what are the implications for people with pacemakers if you're going to have absolutely ubiquitous 5G technology? This is proposed to be utterly inescapable with antennas every third house and 53,000 or more satellites beaming this from space. So there would be no escape for anybody with pacemakers and no escape for anybody with replacement metal, replacement body parts. Because if you have, logically, if you have a metal replacement body part, this is going to re-radiate. It's going to pick up this microwave radiation like an antenna, and it's going to re-radiate it deep into your body. This is extremely dangerous. So no account has been taken in this whole 5G global agenda. No account has been taken of any vulnerable groups such as insects, birds, old people, pregnant women and children and people with replacement body parts. Would fillings in teeth or implants have an effect as well? Um, As far as I understand it, now I haven't seen a study on this, but I have seen discussion on it. Again, if you have mercury amalgam fillings, 
and you're subject to ubiquitous wireless technology, of course, this is going to react with the filling and, as I understand it, release this mercury. It's likely to release this mercury into your body. So, I, as I say, I haven't seen studies on this. Uh, this is just something that I've seen discussed. So it would seem sensible, if you have mercury amalgam fillings, to have them removed. And in fact, I was contacted recently by somebody in order to maintain confidentiality. I won't say where this person is. But this person has had, has been deaf for a number of years and has been using a hearing aid for 10 years. And his situation now is that he has such searing pain going through his jaw on the side where he has the hearing aid. He has such searing, searing pain that he's actually suffering terribly, let's say. And this always comes on when he's in an area where he's exposed to wireless technology. So if he goes into a coffee shop or whatever and somebody sits down and starts using their computer or their phone, this immediately happens to him. And it seems logical to me that because the exposure is likely to cause electro-hypersensitivity in the long term because this exposure has cumulative effects. So the fact that he's been using a hearing aid and he's been taking in the electromagnetic radiation for 10 years, he has gradually built up electro-hypersensitivity and the earphone going into his ear is obviously, it's like an aerial, so it's channeling this into his body and it's causing enormous pain around his jaw and down into his body. So I think in that instance it would be wise to find another solution to the hearing aid and also to deal with the mercury amalgams in the teeth. But a warning, if people do have their mercury amalgams removed, which I did a number of years ago, you do have to go to somebody who specializes in this because it's very dangerous to remove them because it produces some sort of mercury gas and you have to make sure that you are protected. So that needs to be it needs to be suctioned away so that you're not actually inhaling it. Yes, I understand it and I have heard of people who have been affected by this gas. I'm speaking with Claire Edwards from Vienna in Austria and she used to work for the United Nations as an editor and she also focused a lot around drugs, crime, anti-terrorism and worked on space documents and the peaceful use of outer space. You mentioned the word accumulative and we've been from 2G, 3G, 4G and we're into 5G so the cumulative frequencies that we have taken on have been going on for 25 years or so. So, again, it's difficult for the so-called medical system to be able to diagnose what's happening, but essentially we are an experiment inside a microwave oven at one level. Yeah, well, I've heard it said that effectively the situation we have now is that there's a microwave oven and the door is open and we're all just permanently exposed to microwave radiation. Now, the difference with 4G and 5G, for a start, 5G is going to be additional to 3G and 4G. So it's not that 3G and 4G are going to be superseded by 5G. No, you will have side by side together you will be exposed to 3G, 4G, and 5G. Now, one of the things you can say about 4G is that if you chose to, there might be some possibility, to some extent, of protecting yourself from 4G. You know, you might be able to perhaps wear a pendant of shungite. Some people say that's effective against 4G. 
You might choose, for example, to paint your walls with lead paint so that you're actually blocking the signal. It's not something that I would recommend because then you're inside a Faraday cage. Yes. And experiments have shown that we work with the resonance of the earth. We work, our bodies work with Schumann resonance, which was, apparently it's changed now, but it was 7.83 hertz. And studies have shown that when you put human beings in a Faraday cage and you cut them off from human resonance, they become sick. So, okay, if you are extremely electrohypersensitive, perhaps the only way you can cope is to paint your walls with lead paint. But in general, this is not something that I would recommend. Alternatively, with 40, you could perhaps try to move to a remote area. You know, move to a valley or a mountain or some country area where you're not going to be exposed. But with 5G, you're not going to be able to do that. And there are a number of reasons for that. 5G is a very different technology from 4G. And the way I explain it is this. I tend to think of 4G as you have an antenna. Look around you and you will see somewhere in the distance, you will see a big 4G antenna. And that's putting out a signal. And that signal attenuates over distance. So distance is your friend. Yeah, The further you are from that antenna, the less it's going to affect you. Yeah? But essentially, even with 4G, we are all in this permanent soup of electromagnetic radiation but with 5g it's a totally different technology and it uses phased arrays and what a phased array is is that you're not just having one antenna you're having a whole bunch of small antennas all together so for example the base station that you might see on one of these cell tower masts or mobile phone masts, you'll see a 5G box, which is not that big. It's about, about a foot and a half by, I don't know, 10 inches or something. And inside, you could have a thousand or more antennas, small antennas all together. This is called a phased array. And what a phased array does is it concentrates the signal and turns it into a beam. And so now you have a beam, something akin to a laser. And as we know with a laser, it does not attenuate over distance. It maintains its strength. So now, instead of having a soup, you have a directional beam coming at you full force with very concentrated energy. Now, the whole situation with 5G is very complex and very unclear. And I think this is deliberately so. Now, I have looked at the situation in Switzerland uh, where they have an amendment to their ordinance on exposure to electromagnetic radiation. No, sorry, on not on exposure. It was their ordinance on um, licensing of antennas. So they brought this out and it it came into force on 1st of June last year and I had a very good look at it. And it was most unclear and I think intended to be so. Now, what you will find is you will find the... The telecommunications companies, and this is echoed by government spokespeople, they will say that in actual fact, 5G is going to reduce your exposure. Now, I don't see how they can assert that. Now, looking at this ordinance, it seems to me, and as I say, I believe it's unclear, its lack of clarity has been confirmed by a firm of Swiss lawyers. But what it seems to be saying is that 
A 5G antenna is directional. So in other words, instead of just pushing out a signal, you have these beams. So I don't know to what extent they are directional. But let's assume, let's assume that this antenna can move 180 degrees, for example. And let's assume that it can stop at each degree, for example. I don't know, maybe it even stops at half a degree. But let's assume it stops, at it, it can stop at each degree. So it seems to me that when the telecommunications companies and the government say that your exposure will be less, they're basing this on the idea that if you, Tim, are standing in a crowd of people using your 5G phone and the beam is going directly to you, then the other 179 degrees where it could be aimed at that moment, it's not being aimed, and therefore you can calculate when you average out the exposure across the 180 degrees, that as an average, the exposure is much less, whereas in fact your individual exposure is much, much greater. Does that make sense to you? I mean, do you understand my explanation rather than, you know, because, I mean, as as a plausible argument, I think it's ludicrous. But it seems to me that this is the kind of misdirection that they may be engaging in. Thank you for this, Claire. Now, we have, in the case, what is the end product? What is the agenda really for us. Why are they pushing it out, rolling it out in such a hurry? Because when we have a look at life, it doesn't seem to the ordinary householder that this is an important issue. But the telecommunication industry and other vested interests are really, really wanting to jam it to us. Well, this really is the question. Now, Before I say this, I want to draw your attention to where the meme of conspiracy theory actually comes from. This meme was invented by the CIA in the 1960s to stop people questioning the absurdities of the findings of the Warren Commission on the assassination of John Kennedy. And this has been a tremendously successful meme because people actually censor themselves. Oh, I mustn't say this because it sounds like a conspiracy theory, okay? But in actual fact, you have conspiracy fact. And I have been looking into this more than full time now seven days a week, much more than eight hours a day, for 20 months, continuously. And I have had to reach some conclusions. And those conclusions are not happy ones, because I do believe, from the evidence that I have seen, that this is a conspiracy. So for a start, you ask about... Why is there such a rush to roll this out? Well, in my view, this can be nothing else but a depopulation agenda. And lots of people, lots of very sensible, educated people are whispering this to each other. Well, this is extraordinary. Is this a depopulation agenda? Because that's what it looks like. Well, I can tell you, that uh, I am now satisfied that it is a depopulation agenda. Now, the reason for rushing out 5G is that it was called 5G or fifth generation because the perpetrators wanted people to think that this is just a simple upgrade. We've had third generation, fourth generation, now we have fifth generation. But this is not the case. 5G 
is a very, very different technology for the reasons that I've described. Now, we have to understand all wireless technology has been killing us for 25 years. I I think it's wrong to focus only on 5G. The fact is we shouldn't have any wireless technology at all, nor should we have mobile phones. What is killing us is wireless technology and mobile phones, and all of it has to go. Now, I've already described the fact that the U.S. military wanted to develop microwave weapons. So this is why the public has not been told that microwave radiation is extremely dangerous. And I would like people to look into this because this is a question I have. Did you know that the radiation outside our planet is actually called cosmic background microwave radiation? So the only part of this cosmic background microwave radiation that actually this planet, as far as I know, is a tiny, tiny part that I think is brought through in with lightning. Yeah. So natural background radiation on this planet is something with a lot of zeros. It's like point zero 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 one. It's something like this. Yeah. Um, so this is totally alien to our biology, yeah? Our bodies work with biophotons. Our bodies work with light. Our mitochondria get 80% of our energy from light, not from food. So this is a killer technology, and we know this. We know that we have 10,000 peer-reviewed studies, and all of these studies are being suppressed. We know that the telecommunications industry funds its own studies, and the findings of those studies are used to muddy the waters and say, well, yes, you know, some studies have found biological effects. But look at these other studies funded by industry that haven't established any biological effects. So this was called Wargaming the Science by, uh, I think it was uh, Motorola. But anyway, it's the same playbook as they used for tobacco and asbestos. It's called wargaming the science. So the science is discredited. The scientists themselves are defunded. They are silenced. And sometimes they have threats made against them. So the race to roll out 5G is about getting this technology imposed on the public before the public realizes what this is or the dangers. That's what it's all about. And that's why it was simply called fifth generation, so that people would assume it was an upgrade from fourth generation. And what I have now found out very recently is that there is an organization called the Club of Rome. And the Club of Rome, if anybody cares to go and look this up, they will find some very unpleasant quotations from the members of the Club of Rome who basically wrote a report in, I think, 1972 called The Limits to Growth. And what this said, based on faulty science, the science has actually been questioned. So the questions that were used in their model were not correct. They were overly pessimistic. But they produced this report called The Limits to Growth, in which they argued that the planet was overpopulated and there were not enough natural resources to cater for this population, and therefore what we needed was depopulation. 
And this is in line with a long history of eugenics. So very prominent people, and I would invite people to go and do this research for themselves. So the eugenics agenda is totally real. It has existed for a hundred years. George Bernard Shaw himself, if people go on YouTube and they search for George Bernard Shaw, a humane gas. George Bernard Shaw was saying that people should be called upon to justify their existence. And if they could not justify their existence, then a humane gas should be found to get rid of them. And this is the idea of the useless eaters. And of course, what were the Nazis doing? This was a eugenics program where they killed all these millions of people and children with mental problems and so forth and handicapped, you know. So the eugenics agenda has been with us for a very, very long time. Very prominent people have been involved, people like Julian Huxley. And the Club of Rome is a continuation of this general movement. Now, the Club of Rome has spawned any number of organizations, but in particular, the ones that have been drawn to my attention are the Club of Budapest and and the Club of Madrid. These appear to be the main ones. Now, the Club of Madrid is a club consisting of ex-presidents and prime ministers. So they are clearly exercising influence on behalf of the objectives of the Club of Rome, which are depopulation. Now, the Club of Budapest is very interesting. The Club of Budapest was started by Irvin Laszlo, who was the leader of the Club of Rome in Hungary, and he subsequently... After discussion and agreement with the founder of the Club of Rome, Irving Laszlo started the Club of Budapest. And the Club of Budapest is the social engineering arm of the Club of Rome. Now, if you look at what the Club of Budapest has worked on, what they are saying, they are using... The idea, the new age idea of so-called spirituality and consciousness to push this depopulation agenda. They have created an organization called World Shift, which as far as they can see exists across the world with a tremendous amount of support from a a great number of people who consider themselves spiritual and conscious. And the idea of world shift, I believe, is to hijack the 2012 awakening of consciousness in humanity. So they are pushing the depopulation agenda through this idea of spirituality and consciousness. So a lot of nice people who believe themselves very caring and compassionate and conscious are actually unknowingly being recruited to this world shift idea of which is actually pushing depopulation. Thank you very much for this, Claire. I think this is... You've sort of brought it right to a focus for us. We're going out of time. We've only got about three minutes. And mm-hmm. it's uh, how things have gone so fast. And mm-hmm. I've been aware of many things in relationship to the, the Club of Rome and Club of Budapest. And, again, George Bernard Shaw was also part of the Fabian Society. And so after, yeah. after General Fabius of gradualism to slowly, slowly shift the consciousness of the community of a country to think and go a certain way. In finalising, I want to say thank you so much, Claire, 
for sharing of this very, very important news because New Zealanders, like most people, we're too engaged in having to survive, bringing up family and, oh, and getting yes. on with life. And so, well, I would like to say, Tim, before we finish, I'd just like to, to say that from what I have been told about the situation in New Zealand, so the copper cables for landline telephones are being withdrawn, fibre optic is being imposed on people, 5G is being imposed on people, it's already operational in certain parts of New Zealand. So what people in each country need to understand is this is a global agenda. This is being pushed by the UN in all of its programs and the situation in every country is identical. They are taking away the authority of local authorities. They're removing their power, making them believe that they have no power to stop this agenda. They are changing the law to enable and facilitate this agenda. So we all need to recognize that it's not just unique to where we are, but it's actually a global agenda. And we all have to work against it individually. Now, I've talked about Club of Rome and Club of Budapest, and there is a an attempt now to collectivize the Stop 5G movement. Now, I'm not against people cooperating, but we must be absolutely clear that this movement must not be collectivized because if it's collectivized, it will be manipulated and misdirected. So people need to work as individuals And I see 5G as a tremendous opportunity, actually, for personal transformation and personal empowerment. So I hope that people, despite all the dark news, there's a huge pushback in 30 countries. A lot is happening, and we are the ones with the power, and we can stop this. Thank you, Claire. Yes, we can do it. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim, for having me. It's a great pleasure. That was Claire Edwards, who worked 19 years for the United Nations on what is happening with the 5G deployment. This is a very important message for New Zealanders and especially for Aucklanders because at 12 p.m. this coming Saturday, January the 25th, we're going to be rallying at the corner of Queen Street and Wakefield Street and then march to the viaduct carrying placards saying no to 5G because there's a global rally against the deployment of 5G technology. In many countries around our planet, they're saying no to 5G. So Auckland, 12 p.m., Saturday, January the 25th, Queen Street and Wakefield Street, 5G.org.nz. For other cities and towns in New Zealand, go to... 5g.org.nz Decide to network. Use every letter you write, every conversation you have, every meeting you attend, every email you send. And remember, even Facebook. To tweet and to express your fundamental beliefs and dreams. Affirm to others the vision of the world you want. Network through thought. Network through action. Network through love. Network through the spirit. You are the centre of a network. You are the centre of the world. You are a free, immensely powerful source of life and goodness. Affirm it. Spread it. Radiate it. Think day and night about it and you will see a miracle happen. The greatness of your own life in a world of big powers media and monopolies but of 7.7 billion individuals networking is the new freedom the new democracy a new transparency and a new form of wholeness and happiness this originated by dr robert muller chancellor of the world peace university in costa rica central america 
I invite you to be able to come to greenplanetfm.com where we have over 400 interviews in our database which you can readily download and listen to to be able to inspire yourself to become the change you want to see in the world and become involved in caring for your children and grandchildren's future. This is Tim Lynch.